Arizona football takes off an awesome season with an invitation to the Alamo Bowl. We will break that down, everything that it means, and a heck of a lot more right here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. This show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, All right, there we go. We got the little overlay going. All right. Arizona football is going to play in the Alamo Bowl. There are a lot of interesting little subplots that uh, we are going to discuss. But first and foremost, look, we got to talk about what a big deal this is. The Alamo Bowl is the bowl that is one step below, essentially, the uh, all the uh, New Year's Day Power Six Bowls. It is that uh, it's that big. I mean, again, you're like I just said, <laughs> you're one step away from being in the uh, the being in one of those New Year's Day Bowls. And you're getting a big-time opponent. Now, again, I get it. It's not a vintage Oklahoma team, but guess what? It's still a very good Oklahoma team, and it's not a team that uh, anybody can really take lightly. And we're uh, as the weeks go on, we're going to break it down position by position, what every Arizona fan needs to know, all of that stuff. But, um, again, if I were to tell you before the season that Arizona is going to play in the Alamo Bowl, um, I don't think that anybody would have believed it. As a matter of fact, I would not have believed it either. So again, that big tip of the cap to Jed Fish, what he's been able to do with um, with Arizona and uh, with Arizona football, and uh, uh, just you know, again, just the talent across the board. Now it gets a little bit more interesting, obviously, because Dylan Gabriel, the star quarterback for Oklahoma, is uh, uh, not going to play. He is entering the transfer portal, but. This is not your typical situation because uh, he is going to. He is going to. Uh, I think. It, I think this. I think it's pr- pretty much fair to say that uh, Oklahoma kind of pushed him out because you've got a backup quarterback who was the number one rated quarterback in all of Texas last year, one of the top ten players in the entire twenty twenty three class. Are and Oklahoma wants to start getting him some reps, wants to start getting him some snaps, and. You know, it's hard to really blame him for that. So, and he's got a real high upside as well. A big, uh, a big part of it too is that uh, he's got a good, uh, there's a good receiving core already for Oklahoma. Now, again, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, comparing the strengths of the units and whatnot. But I think the first thing that you got to look at though is the, uh, when it comes to Oklahoma, you got two good receivers. You got Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson was the epitome of a Missy Val. These happen in uh, these happen in high school uh, football uh, recruiting all the time. He was a Missy Val. Um, watch him. He's about 6'5", 210. He should have been much, uh, much higher rated than he is. And again, I blame people like Jason Shear for this. Um, but again, a, a really, really good player. And um, you could just tell his explosion by his yards per catch. I mean, anybody that gets uh, uh, the average is 20 yards per catch, double-figure touchdowns, your problem. 
And again, he was committed to Oregon for a while, but then obviously he flipped to Oklahoma. He's big time. He's going to be an absolute problem for uh, any team going forward, and he'll be a first-round pick when he is eligible to be a first-round pick. The other wide receiver you got is Drake Stoops. All right, you probably know Stoops' name, obviously related. Um, really good player as well. I mean, they got two good wide receivers. And again, across the board, Oklahoma's going to have good talent because you got to remember that this is uh, this is also a squad that – um, you know, I think it's fair to say at this stage in the game, they're one of the five, six, seven blue bloods in all college basketball or college football. We know that. Um, but one thing where it is, was a little bit interesting is that, uh, Arizona or, uh, Oklahoma, I just don't think has as much talent as Arizona, which is a, a interesting, not a great pass rush, only 19 sacks all season. The defense is certainly far from great. Kind of weird with Brett Venables being your OC or your DC, but you know, I guess you could probably chalk that up to a number of different things. Um, either way, though, Arizona is this is going to be an absolute opportunity for a statement game because, again, Arizona's going in here, still knocking on the door of the top 10. And I think it's fair to say that, uh, I think it's fair to say that if Arizona were to win this game, especially if it were to win, and I don't, I don't need overwhelming fashion, but I do think if Arizona were to win this game, and it would be a clear victory. I think there's a very, very, very strong case to be made that Arizona's a top 10 team in the entire country and that they should be in the top 10 at the end of the season, especially with the way that the, uh, they finished off the year beating everybody and, in many cases, beating the brakes off some really good teams. Um, but that's kind of what you're looking at. And all eyes, again, Oklahoma is a national brand. There's absolutely uh, – there's absolutely – Every reason to believe that Oklahoma is, uh, you know, is going to want to play this game because again, you got to remember Venables is a Venables is still trying to get this thing off the ground. Um, I, this isn't Nick Saban where you're showing up to the, uh, you know, you're showing up to the Sugar Bowl and nobody really wants to be there, and you basically admit it as well. These guys want to be there. At least you would you would think theoretically they want to be there. But the reason that I really favor Arizona in this matchup as well is that Arizona really wants to be there. Jed Fish talks time and time again about how this is going to be a training ground for the NFL and uh, that he wants this to be one of the uh, programs that people look at and as consistency as far as uh, dynamic skill and He's got, and so far he's done that. I mean, I think we're looking at a coach right now that should probably be the national coach of the year. And if he's not the national coach of the year, he should certainly be right there in the discussion. And, um, you know, and I think, like I said, I think a big part of that is just how he's been able to go about putting talent on this roster. Um, Arizona, uh, this game was essentially a pick em game. And then obviously Dylan Gabriel was announced wasn't going to play. So that moved it into Arizona's favor. But just think about that for a second on a neutral field or neutral field. I mean, it's in Texas, but Arizona, Oklahoma before the season would essentially be a pick em game. Just think about that for a second and just how wild that is. And I think that's the ultimate indication of just how far Arizona has come under jet fish, that this game is viewed as a pick em game. Or now Arizona's favored, obviously without the quarterback. So the national media, and I think the betting line, the betting prognosticators, they they get it. 
I think they they were a little bit behind the scenes with Arizona or a little bit behind uh, the curve with Arizona at first. But I think now they understand that this is a program. This is an entity that is going to be a problem. And I think that it's going to be a problem for the foreseeable future. And again, that is a massive tip of the cap to Jed Fish. And not only is it a massive tip of the cap to Jed Fish, it's a massive tip of the cap to the people that hired him as well. This thing, as long as Jed Fish is here, this thing isn't going anywhere. And I think that's a massive, again, those are massive, massive kudos to Jed Fish. All right. One other thing, too. You're looking to hire somebody really good at their job, somebody like a Jet Fish? How about going to LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college? As we always say, everybody knows somebody that got a job through LinkedIn. And if you and if they did get a job through LinkedIn, they certainly know somebody, or you maybe you even hired somebody that got a job through LinkedIn. That's again, that's uh this is some next level stuff we're talking about. LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college. Check it out again. Post your job for free. You will thank me later when you get that job or you hire somebody great because LinkedIn is the place everybody uses it. Everybody knows somebody that uses it. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, the next step that we got with uh, Arizona football is let's start looking at a few of the matchups here and just kind of, you know, breaking down the units. Um, now, listen, you got uh, at uh, quarterback, obviously, you got a high five-star kid coming in for Oklahoma um, that should v- obviously be very, very good. But I think at this stage in the game, it's also fair to say that uh, Noah Fafita is the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, uh, there aren't many quarterbacks in the country playing better than Noah Fafita. And not only are there not many uh, quarterbacks in the country playing better than Noah Fafita, how many would you really really rather have than um, uh, Noah Fafita? Noah Fafita is uh, Noah Fafita is playing uh, is playing this ga- this game at a next next level and. Again, when you're completing 75% of your passes, not only 75% of your passes, um, but you're putting the ball in the end zone. All the talk about how, um, you know, he was a game manager and all of this, that was all poppycock. Um, I think that we, uh, I think everybody knows at this stage that this dude was more than a game manager. He was a, you know, he's a big time player. Arizona's got the advantage there. But in the backfield, there aren't many running back combinations in the country that I'm taking over. Um, that I'm taking over, uh, Ari- that I'm taking over, um, uh, Arizona's I'm not going to take Oklahoma's either. Then on the, uh, at the wide receiver spot, again, they're solid. Like we talked about, you got Anderson, you got Stoops. Um, but I'm not taking Anderson over T-Mac and I'm not taking Stoops over Cowing. Um, after that, maybe it gets a little interesting, but right there, I think Arizona actually uh, matches up pretty well with them. Then O-line, this will be interesting. I would expect Jordan Morgan to sit out. Again, no inside information on that, but I would certainly expect Jordan Morgan to sit out. Um, not sure he has – he's re-solidified himself as a as a first-round pick, and um, I think everybody I think everybody at this stage of the game understands it. The fact that he came back and played as well as he did obviously was something that was very, very good for Arizona and for Arizona fans to see as well. Then um, after that – You've also got um, on the D line. Arizona's D line is better. Um, just period. Arizona's D line is better, um, and that's how many times could you really say that about uh, Arizona going against Oklahoma? Um, but again, a big part of it is that 
Arizona was able to get Arizona's got 31 sacks this year. That is that's a pretty impressive number for a team that's played 12 games. Um, again, averaging two and a half sacks per, and it's spread out. Now, listen, Taylor Upshaw obviously has the eight and a half sacks, but then Isaiah Ward's got three. Deuce Davis has two and a half. Uh, Uyagulele, Kangaika got in there for four, uh, four combined as well. I can keep going on down the list. Tia Sabea's got a couple. Obviously, Jacob Manu, who we're going to get to in a minute, he's got those as well. Arizona's just got better D-line. Uh, one of the weird things about Washington is that they haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. And I, or excuse me, Washington, um, Oklahoma, is that they haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. And that's something that I think is or certainly surprising because um, I don't really know why that's the case. But whatever, whatever the reason is, that is the case. They haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. And if you can't pressure the quarterback against, uh, against Arizona, no feet is going to eat you alive because his stats against the Blitz or his stats with time are absolutely fantastic. Obviously, he throws a very catchable ball. He's able to move the ball. He's able to matriculate it up and down the field. And Again, he just looks natural doing it. Um, it does, like I said, football. Football looks like it just comes easy to know Fafita. Obviously, football is a very difficult game, especially at the quarterback spot. But football just looks like it comes easy to know Fafita. And again, that's a, a tip of the cap to him. His work ethic, his pops, everybody that put into it. Um, that D line, though, I think is going to have a hard time against Arizona's O line again because. And I think with Arizona, it's kind of a preview of the next year as well, where. Um, you're probably going to have Big Jonah at left tackle. You're going to have uh, uh, Raymond Polito at right tackle, Josh Baker, Wendell Moy, and then maybe uh, Leif Magnuson or whoever the uh, whoever it may be. Um, you're going to uh, you're going to have you're going to have them in there, and I think that's pretty much the case, and that's kind of where it's at. Now, linebacker, obviously, uh, yeah, Oklahoma's got an advantage at the linebacker spot. Mainly because um, Arizona's got one really, really good linebacker, obviously, in Jacob Manu, um, who I believe is going to be first team all conference. But then after that, uh, like I said, Justin Flo, love the theory of Justin Flo, but just kind of not that good. Um, and uh, there's, you know, he's just a difficult guy to play because a lot of times, you know, he's out of place on assignments, you know, simple things like that that you just can't have, uh, you can't happen. And then Daniel Haimuli, just not that good. Um, so Arizona again has, has one really good linebacker. I think you'd like to see Leviticus Sua hopefully next year become that dude, but uh, I think we will find out about that one. Um, Oklahoma's got better linebackers, and then at the uh, on the at the defensive backs, uh, when you got a player that's had three pick sixes this year for Oklahoma, that's obviously something that's very impressive. But again, if we're just talking about an overall unit, I love the Arizona DBs. Takario Davis again. 15 pass deflections, just needs to learn how to catch the ball. Ephesians Prysock on the other side, trading Stooks. Then you got the safeties. Overall, though, like I said, and maybe it's just me being a little bit of a homer, but I think that Arizona's got better talent than Oklahoma. I also believe that there's probably about 20 players on this Arizona roster that are going to play in the NFL, and I think there's probably at least three first-round picks. I think Jordan Morgan's going to be a first-round pick. I think uh, Jonas Savaneo will be a first-round pick. I also think that T-Mac will be a first-round pick, and who knows? Maybe there's some other dudes in there as well 
that'll be first round picks. That certainly remains to be seen. But again, Arizona, and this is just another massive tip of the cap to Jed Fish. Arizona is just a very talented team at this stage. And again, they didn't get it by just do it by just getting all five star players again. I mean, there's a lot of these dudes are kind of some of these dudes or a lot of these dudes were kind of under the radar players. Jonas Sabanay, a three star kid, Takario Davis, same situation, Jacob Manu. Um, and then obviously on the D line, you know, your Deuce Davis is your Isaiah Wards, uh, your, your Wendell Moyes. You're, I mean, heck, you're Noah Fafitas. These dudes were kind of under the radar recruits are not super highly ranked. So, again, um, they've taken these players and they've developed them. They've done a very good job of developing players, no matter what anybody else out there says. They've done a very good job of developing players. But, again, it's just it's just impressive what Fish and staff have been able to do. Um, and, again, I think I'm going to be curious to see how exactly this roster looks against uh, – um, uh, against uh, Oklahoma because earlier in the year, the thing that really impressed me and granted, we've come to find out that USC stinks, but is that USC with all their loaded five stars didn't look like they were physically that much more talented than Arizona. And I think that that's still something to this day that still kind of, that was really kind of that crossroads threshold moment for me where it's like, Ooh, interesting. They're clearly not more talented than Arizona and uh, Oklahoma Kind of that same thing. I'm just curious to see how Arizona looks on the field next to them and how exactly all of that transpires. Now, what would a win mean for Arizona? But first, if you want to bet on this game, FanDuel. FanDuel.com backslash locked on college. Check it out. Now, you will uh, you will uh, be able to bet on basically anything you want. Uh, you want to bet on college football, you want to bet on college basketball and NBA, NFL. This is the time to get in there. Not that you need any more uh, stuff for sports, but it's still more it's still more enjoyable when you got a little bit of skin in the game, a little bit of cash flow. Check it out again, fanduel.com uh, slash locked on. All kinds of good stuff. Um, and uh, again, it's just more enjoyable when you're able to bet on something that you're uh that you are uh, you're watching and that you have a little bit of money, a little bit of a vested coin in. So again, check it out. Fanduel.com slash locked on. This is the best time of the year to tap. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. What would a win mean for Arizona football? A win would be massive for Arizona football. First of all, I'm glad that Arizona was able to play Oklahoma and not Oklahoma State. Again, that's not a slight to Oklahoma State. Very impressed by a lot of what um by a lot of what uh uh um uh, Mike Gundy's been able to do at Oklahoma State, but with Oklahoma, it's a little bit different. Um, you've just got the name, you've got the prestige, you've got all of that. Arizona being able to knock them off, I think vaults them into the top 10. I, I think it's difficult not to put Arizona in the top 10 for a variety of reasons. First, you'd be 10 and three. You're playing your best football at the end of the season. Not only are you playing your best football at the end of the season, you beat some really good teams in the process. And the teams that you lost to, like a Washington, you were right in that game in the second half. And you, you could easily make the case that you outplayed Washington in the second half. Actually, you can't easily make the case. You will make the case they outplayed Washington because they did. Um, so there would be that. But again, so much of this to me is a springboard for 2023. 
being able to get our 2024, being able to get into the college or uh, uh, going into the year as a preseason top 10 team has all kinds of perks. First of all, if you start the season ranked, um, it's very difficult outside of terrible losses for you to fall a ton because voters don't want to look stupid on, you know, where they're uh, where they're betting, what they're doing. And um, I think that would very much be the case with, uh, you know, with Arizona in that. Um, if you start out the season ranked and you're ranked high, it's much easier to stay there than having to make that upward climb. And I think a win, especially if it was a convincing win over Oklahoma, would certainly do just that. Um, and it's going to be an interesting because all eyes are going to be on Arizona at this stage. Now, listen, Arizona has done a lot of really good stuff, but they've also kind of flown under the radar a little bit um, in that. You know, the national media knows it's a good story, but you still kind of wonder how much of Arizona have they really watched. They'll be watching the Oklahoma game. And it's another big opportunity for Noah Fafita. Noah Fafita is going to be kind of a dark horse Heisman candidate next year. And it makes perfect sense. You got a really good O-line in front of you. You got T-Mac coming back. Uh, the wide receivers, the running backs, I'll never worry about with Jed Fish. Again, that's his baby. That's, you know, that's what he's, uh, that's what he's known to do. And then defensively, um, it's going to be a unit too that if you uh, that's going to have a lot of expectations on it. Not only a lot of expectations, a very deserved expectations because you got a lot of playmakers around. Uh, you got a lot of playmakers on that squad on that side. So again, we'll find out there. But again, there's a lot to there's a lot to make of this team and what they're uh, what they're able to do. Not only is there a lot to make, um, there, not only is there a lot to make about this. There's also a really impressive, uh, there's also, again, a really impressive uh, way to say that Arizona football is going to be possibly play in the college football playoffs next year. Obviously, it's an expanded uh, field. And not only is it an expanded field, it is a, um, uh, yeah, it's a field that I think Arizona can absolutely do some damage in. But first things first, you got to be able to win the big, uh, you got to be able to win this game. And for Big 12 solidarity, send these Oklahoma Sooners off with their tail between their legs. All right. As you all know, there's no better time to back the A because, again, Arizona basketball is ranked number one in the country. And I don't see that changing. For a while. How did we get here? What does that mean going forward? We're going to talk about all of that and more, but as always, thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day.